This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. This is Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances and Rev 96. This is Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Hillbilly Horror Horror Stories. Do we have a special treat for you? By now, you know that we are doing a live episode in Atchison, Kansas on August 10th. Atchison is home to the infamous Sally House. Atchison is one of the most haunted towns in America. So with the help of Maria Miller, we have an entire weekend in store for you. This is Maria Miller, Tourism Director for Atchison, Kansas. We're excited to welcome all of your listeners to the most haunted town in Kansas and one of the most haunted towns in the country, Atchison, where history repeats itself every single day in the most unusual of ways. You better get your tickets now because we have lots of exciting events planned for you. Besides our live show at Paolucci Restaurant, which is one of the most haunted restaurants in America, there will be haunted trolley rides, cemetery tours, tours of the Sally House, and even an investigation of the Sally House, if you're not too scared. You can get your tickets for all of the Atchison events at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. See you in Kansas. Hey guys, welcome to episode 153 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. Hey guys, and I'm Tracy. <laughs> Stop. It's taken us like five times to get to that part. Oh my gosh. This has been a very long week. <laughs> and I can honestly say this is the first week in three years that I honestly thought we were not going to get a new show out. <laughs> it's been crazy with the holiday, with birthdays, birthday parties we'd go to today. Happy birthday, Colton. Happy birthday, Colton. And... Work has been super strenuous this week, long, extra long hours even for me, so I didn't think we were going to get a story out. But luckily- You pulled one out your buttocks. Well, with the help of Jacko over- in, not the, not Michael Jackson. He didn't help at all. Oh, if you said Jacko. Jacko. Oh. And he, he's over in England. Hi, Jacko. He left us a nice uh, iTunes review. Thank you, sir. But also- he gave me a suggestion to the story of the story we ended up doing this week. Okay, great. Thank you. So, how about that? How about we try to get through it? Well, let's do it. <laughs> but first, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you guys for help keeping us free. Yes, absolutely. We've been praying extra hard for you all and make sure you all keep yourself safe. Hope everybody had a good holiday if you're in the U.S. Yep, it was pretty good. And, um, want to give a special shout out because we left this one out last week, so I want to give it out. Garrett Guffey, sup, Garrett? He's sixteen and he listens to the show religiously. <gasps> thank you, you're awesome. Yeah, big thank you so much. Thank you, doll. 
anytime we have holidays, such as uh, we did here in the U.S., or the 4th of July, we like to always remind people that sometimes that brings on and triggers depression bouts. And we just want to tell everybody, hey, I know we're through with the holiday now, but, you know, in case some of that is still lingering, if you need some help, you want to talk to somebody, you can contact Tracy or myself, or you can contact our group. Or if you'd rather just talk to somebody uh, that's a stranger, because sometimes it is easier to do that, Mm -hmm. you get the suicide hotline here in America, 1-800-273-8255. And if you're more of a texter, 741-741. Okay, so we got this story tonight, obviously from over in England. Mm -hmm. And then we have the second installment of Amanda's Take. People really like that one, and we heard a lot about it. So I figured we'd go ahead and rush under the one on there for the second one. And if I must say so, this one's better than the first one. (laughs) And I also will say it is not kid-friendly. It will be on the very end of the show. And if you've got young ears, please do not play the end of the show. But (laughs) I'll give you a little warning uh, as we get close to it so you can shut it off if it's not your cup of tea. Okay. All right. Stocks Bridge Bypass. Have you ever heard of it? No, sir. Are you sure? I don't think so. Okay. I'll just make it sure. No, I don't. Okay. Stocks, Stocksbridge Overpass. It's a it's a haunted road over in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the stories we do on the show are hauntings or poltergeist happenings in, in houses, right? Mm-hmm. And we like to break that up sometimes because I know it gets boring just to hear the same thing every single week. So we like to kind of break that up with some haunted asylums or prisons and occasionally some cryptid story like we did last week, some UFO stories, occasionally a possession case. Yeah. But the one thing that I noticed is I don't think we've done a haunted road story as our main story. Really? I thought we have. Are you I'm, sure? I well, could be wrong. We've got three years worth of stories. But I don't remember a, you know, now we might have done some on some of the shorts or something like that, but as far as our main story, mm-hmm. now, Dina came on one time and told a story about up there in Pennsylvania about a road. Mm-hmm. That, that might be it. So when I saw the suggestion, I thought, you know what? This might actually be something really cool to do. All right. Let's do it. Are you getting ready to go into some Tone Loke, or was you saying, let's do the show? That's all I got. I don't think that's even close. Oh. Okay. Stocksbridge Bypass basically links Sheffield, England to Manchester, England. The bypass is part of the road that's called the A616. The section known as the Stocksbridge Bypass is where the road crosses B6088 before reaching Barnsley within the Sheffield area. So the bypass was opened in May of 1988 to connect the M1 with the Woodland Pass and the A616. It's about all the history I can give on a road. Yeah. So it's not like giving the history of a house. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it started off with light concrete and then an asphalt covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so the bridge that we're going to talk about in some parts of the story is the P. Royd Bridge, but locals call it Ghost Bridge okay. for obvious reasons. So the stories around this road started before the road was ever completed. The most well-known story happened in September of 1987. So this story involved two security guards who worked for McAlpin Construction Company. They were the ones that was building the road. So I want to point out that these two guards had been employed for a long time with this company. They had great reputations and were men that were never frightened by anything. Okay. 
And this is according to their supervisor, Peter Owens. So I bring up Peter Owens because he gets a frantic call from the guards on September 8th, and he went out to see you know, what the deal was. What he found when he got there was two of his toughest security guards emotionally shaken. One was even crying. Oh, golly. The guards, Stephen Brooks and David Goldthorpe, told him what had happened that had them so visibly shaken. So this actually started a few days before. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we're going to travel back in time just a little bit. So they were on patrol. It was right around midtime. Midtime. What the heck's that? Midtime, that's British. (laughs) Just like they have tea instead of dinner. Mm -hmm. They have midtime. Maybe not? No. Okay, it was midnight. (laughs) (laughs) So it was midnight. They're making their rounds. And they see a group of children out playing. Now, first of all, this was odd because this was not nowhere near a neighborhood. Yeah, why would kids be playing around that? Right. And the fact that it was almost midnight. So those two things just shouldn't be a bunch of children out playing. Right. This was a construction site, so it's obviously not going to be safe for kids to be there. This was a like a really muddy field, and the children were pi- playing by an electrical pole on, by Peroid Lane. Good grief. They were doing all kinds of dangerous stuff. <laughs> So the two guards kind of go over to check it out. The kids were dancing and singing, holding hands, going Aww, around in circles. That's like nice. a, a ring around, around the rosy. The rosy type yeah. Thing. One of the things that the guards noticed was that the children were wearing clothes that kind of looked out of date. Mm-hmm. This was odd, but they didn't really think much of it at the time. Their main concern was getting over there and, and, and getting them out and, of the way, you know, making sure the kids were safe. So they keep walking towards the children, and then the children just suddenly vanish. Now, this is something both of them saw at the same time. That's so wild. They look all around the area, and there are no footprints. Keep in mind, this was mud. Mud, yeah. So, there definitely should have been some kind of footprints with all the dancing and stuff that was going on. So, they were perplexed. The next day, they started asking around to some of the construction workers who had been sleeping on the site if they had noticed anything strange the night before. Oddly enough, a few of the... Construction workers said that they heard children laughing the night before. Oh. Now, they didn't tell them what they had seen. They just asked, hey, yeah. anything strange go on? So, this kind of corroborated their story. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, they're a little creeped out. They continue on with their regular duties because they're on shift now. Once again, they're working the night shift. They go past the area from the night before. What they encountered this time, though, would not be some kids playing ring around the rosy. It's dark outside. They drive past the site of the previous night, and they have to slam on the brakes because something was right in their path. The headlights then kind of shone upon the area, and there was a figure there. And the lights shined right through the figure. Like a child figure? Nope. This figure was fairly obvious to them. It was a male wearing a long robe that looked what a medieval monk would wear. So what they had in front of them was a monk. Okay, that does not belong. True. It turned and stared at them for a couple minutes, and then it disappeared. Once again, both of them saw the exact same thing at the exact same time. This is what freaked them out to the point of calling the supervisor. Mm Mm-hmm. Once again, 
Someone was sent to the scene, but no evidence was found to validate their story. So the supervisor wasn't buying any of this ghost talk. It just wasn't his cup of, you know, tea, yeah. so to speak. I keep using that because the British story and they love tea. <laughs> okay, you go with that. <laughs> so two police officers were sent to kind of check out the situation, mainly because they were convinced that they were just people trespassing and they wanted to take care of the problem once and for all. Mm-hmm. The two officers, which is Special Constable John Beat and uh, uh, Police Constable Dick Ellis, they arrive on the scene on September 11th. They decide to do like a stakeout to see if they can catch whoever's doing the trespassing. They're sitting in a car in the dark. And at this point, they're kind of zoning out because they've been there for a while and there's just nothing happening. It's boring. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep licking your teeth? Because I had a piece of um, pecan in there from the ice cream I just ate, and I was trying to get rid of it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Nobody would have known if you hadn't said anything. I know. It's annoying. <laughs> Anyways, so they're zoning out, right? PC Ellis saw some movement up on the bridge. Is that a person? Yeah. PC well, Ellis? it's police constable. Oh, yeah. Ellis. Remember, it's in Britain, so they yeah. use different terms. Than gotcha. Okay. So, PCL will say he sees some movement up on the bridge. So, they think, okay, we got something going on. He goes up on the bridge. Constable Beats kind of in the car, just kind of shining some light watching. And when he gets up there, what he finds is he's, what they think is the answer to what the guy saw. There was a piece of tarp up on the bridge, and it was blowing back and forth, making it look like something was up on the bridge. Okay, but that's got nothing to do with what's down by the construction site. I got you. But they still think, you know, these cops were like, that was BS anyway. Oh, well, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, here's what it is. Mm-hmm. So they come back. He gets back in the car. As they're sitting in the car talking, something, we're going to call it an upper torso, presses, I guess, the passenger side car right up against the window. Oh, my Lord, I would have pooped my britches. That is terrible. Now, it freaked them out. I guess. And it, guess what? What? It looked to be a monk. It was a torso. It had a white V-shaped piece of material going down the chest. And just as they saw it and started freaking out, it then instantly appeared on the other side <laughs> and pressed up against that officer's window. <laughs> it would have been funny if it was his butt. <laughs> 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 Amuse yourself, did you? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I can just see that thing against <laughs> the window. So, anyways, <laughs> that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And they get out of the car, and nothing's there. Because what was there, this, this monk or whatever just disappeared immediately. Dude, that is messed up. So they just kind of stare at each other, completely at a loss for words. And then something starts banging on the car. <laughs> and whatever was banging on the car was banging it hard enough where the car was actually rocking. That cannot be true. But they couldn't see anything. So they said they were overcome with a sense of dread. So they get back in the car. The car wouldn't start. Oh. <sighs> Lord, what a nightmare. They tried again, still wouldn't start. On the third time, the car started. 
as they're trying to drive off, something is still pounding, like a blunt object is still pounding on the back of the car and on the side of the car, shaking it back and forth. Like what in the world would you do? So they finally got the car started and they get the hell out of there. They said they had never experienced fear like that in their entire life. So now we've got two security guards and two police officers at different times that have seen the same thing and both terrified. In the next few days, there were several other sightings of children and the monk by construction workers. Some of them even refused to come back to work. I wonder what the monk has to do with it, though. We'll get there. Oh. I'll feed you baby bird. Okay, sorry. The question is, why? That's what why I said. The, yeah, why are the kids, why are the... I know, and if, you should know I'm going to get to it. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> Locals feel like the children are the spirits of children who had fallen into abandoned coal mine shafts. Because they're like unmarked and they're all over that place. I know. And they're saying that kids have fell in them that the mines over the years and their bodies were never recovered. So it's like they fell down. It was too dangerous to try to go get them out. So you just had to leave them. That's horrid. Why didn't they close up the hole? I don't know, babe. Oh my gosh. I guess this was in the middle of nowhere until they started throwing a, you know, the the road up there. So that's so sad. Now, as far as the monk, many believe that this goes uh, way back. And they said this area used to have, um, I don't know if it was an actual monastery or just some monks in the area, but there was a monk who had become disillusioned with his religion, and he was buried in the area in an unconsecrated grave. So I guess he was buried pretty much as as an embarrassment to the church. Now, uh, And they think that maybe his spirit was disturbed by the building of the road. Yeah. Why I don't that's just something I don't understand. I just what? don't. I mean, this is a church. Why are you burying somebody just because of that? Well, what I'm saying is, is he apparently had just lost interest in a church and wasn't. Well, as what the hell? If I couldn't sit here and talk for a hundred years, I lose interest too. Well, not all monks take a vow of. of well, that's true. Well, maybe he did, and maybe that's why he had to shake his booty all over the car, <laughs> because he couldn't talk and say, boogie, 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 and scare you. <laughs> that's what monks say, huh? Yeah. Well, either way. That's really terrible. But that's kind of the story they think that, that you know. Aww. So there have been many sightings over the years of all types of specters in the area. In the recent years, it's even been nicknamed Killer Road. More than 25 lives have been lost on this bypass. Mm. Statistics show... That there is a higher number of accidents for this stretch of road than any other stretch of road in Great Britain. Wow. I wonder if they're all like in the same area. Yes. <gasps> yes, they're all right there in that little small stretch. Oh. People have reported uh, that something bangs on their car as they ride past this area. Uh, as if someone is like on their roof banging it while oh they're driving. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Some say that their car will stall in this section. And others say they have heard chains rattling. Chains? That'll come up a little bit later. So even to this day, there are reports of um, children in old-fashioned clothes being seen playing, and they see the monk up on the bridge, which once again is Peroid Bridge that we talked about earlier. Another common sighting is that of a black dog on a path that's near the main road. It will sometimes run out and across the road into the fields on the other side. Like in front of a car? Yes. 
and cause people to swerve and stuff oh. like that. And some people think that that's what causes some of the accidents. So, yeah, I could see is that. These things. Now, 1997, a couple filed a police report. And in that report, they claimed that they were driving on this road on New Year's Eve. This automatically makes me think, you know, there might be alcohol involved. Oh, <laughs> that, that could be Eve. true, yeah. Anyway, they, they say that they had to swerve to avoid a figure that just appeared in the middle of the road right in front of them. And, of course, there's also a woman in white that has been seen mm-hmm. in the area. Got to have a woman in white. It's like a, a, I'm telling you, women back then, color. Color is the way to go. Now, this one might be the most unique. Some people think that they have seen fairies dancing around in the moonlight. Aww. Some think that the road may have crossed one of the fairy hills and that this is the reason for all of the accidents. Are fairies bad? I think we talked about that, but... Yeah, fairies aren't typically like the Tinkerbell type thing. There uh-huh. are some good fairies, but for the most part, fairies, fairies are more like little trolls or uh, oh. uh, changelings. And, you know, you come and you respect and, and bring us gifts and we'll just leave stuff alone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that type of thing. So, Graham Brook, this is another story. Graham Brook and his son, Nigel had experienced uh, something before the bypass was even constructed. In 1987, Graham was training for a marathon, so he would (laughs) do a lot of running through there. He regularly run through this area. His son joined him this day, though. Now, he's taking his normal route. He could normally complete his run in about 30 minutes, but he's got his son with him who's not – uh, as in, you know, as good a runner mm-hmm. and as experienced as he is. So it was going to take a little bit longer. So they get to a church. It's been about 45 minutes now. Graham continued to run, but he was running at an even slower pace so his son Nigel could kind of catch up with him. Graham wasn't tired because he had been running at a, at a lower pace than he was used to running, so he was fine. So it was now about dusk, but it wasn't dark yet. So it's important to know that it wasn't dark. As they got close to Worthley Village, he sees a man with his back towards oncoming traffic. He looks at the guy, but his brain just couldn't really take in what he was actually seeing. He was dressed in some kind of 18th century costume. It had a dark brown cape and a hood. So he's walking on the ground. Not at the level of the road, keep in mind. He was actually walking in the ground. Partially in the ground. Oh. So he looked directly at him and he saw his face. He said he was carrying a bag. And the bag just kind of slithered along the surface of the road. Because his knees and stuff were like below the road. The dark bag had a chain on it. So that might explain the mm-hmm. rattling chains that we talked about a little bit ago. Nigel, the son, said he could hear the chains kind of rattling on the ground. Graham then realizes that his son was seeing the same thing he's seeing. Mm-hmm. And he looks at his son, and he's like, who is this silly person? Because, you know, he's got his back to oncoming traffic, not even looking at him. They said then the smell hit both of them at the same time. It was a musty smell, like they were standing in an antique shop. Mm-hmm. So the hair stood up on both of their necks. Graham said that they looked directly at this guy. And he was no more than 50 yards away from him. He said that it was close enough to tell 
that he had buttons down every inch of his his uh, mm-hmm. robe that he had on. So that's pretty close when you can count the buttons. Yeah. He said that he had that long cape on. It was very dark brown, and it was very worn looking. He said it was so real that you could have walked up and touched it. So he walked straight past as they stood there in amazement in the middle of the road. So this monk just walked straight past them like they're not even there. He said then this big truck came, and it had its lights blaring. Mm -hmm. And he said the image just disappeared once the lights hit it. Graham said he'll never forget the musty smell, the cape, or his black face. He said when he looked at his face, everything was black, just like a miner, but without any eyeballs. Whoa. That's intense. Graham said it was the strangest experience of his entire life. In 1990, Judy and David Simpson were driving down this little stretch of road. And they had an, a scary experience. So they saw a figure, but it was just gray. Mm-hmm. No clothes, no facial expressions, just an outline. They could see a head and shoulders. Arms and legs were flying everywhere. Initially, they just thought it was a, a jogger that was just running very erratic in the field. Uh, until something caught their attention. It wasn't actually touching the ground it was hovering above about three feet above it no (laughs) so it ran across the field jumped an embankment and landed right in front of the middle of the road in front of them (laughs) they slammed on their brakes and slid to a stop and they said just as they stopped this thing hit the car but it like just melted into the car and vanished Judy said she looked over at, at, at her husband and said, what happened? It's just gone. They got out of the car. They looked around. Nothing. No sign of anything. They were both shocked and upset and couldn't believe what had just happened to them. They said all they could think of was it had to be a ghost. I mentioned a story a little bit ago in 1997 on New Year's Eve, remember? Mm-hmm. But I didn't really give you any details. I knew I was coming back to it. So the couple was Paul and Jane Ford. They swerved to avoid something that almost resulted in a serious crash. From a distance, it looked like someone was trying to cross the road. As they got closer, it looked like a man in a long cloak. Then they realized it had no face and was hovering above the road. Paul slammed on his brakes and swerved. Jane grabbed the wheel, and her grabbing the wheel is what kept them from crashing. Oh, wow. So if these stories aren't enough to creep you out, what about these types of spirits appearing inside of your car? No. (laughs) Well, that's what a woman said happened to her in 2002. She was driving along. She smelled a horrible odor. It smelled like a rotting corpse. She turned around and saw a robed figure sitting in her back seat. He looked right at her with glowing eyes and then disappeared. And she managed to keep the car on the road? Yes, so. But as you can imagine, there have been plenty plenty of media attention over this. A lot of ghost mm-hmm. hunter shows have been out there, a lot mm-hmm. of newspaper articles, uh, podcasts and stuff like we've done. 
This is called Britain's Most Haunted Road for a reason. I'm convinced. 2017, there was a paranormal investigator by the name of Phil Sinclair. He shot some footage out there, and it's become a pretty famous YouTube video. So he goes out there with with a film crew and a spirit box, and he starts provoking, which is crazy. Most of you know, I'm totally against. It just look, in my opinion, this and this is why I get on Zach Baggins all the time. I just feel like it's very disrespectful, and you know, if you're dealing with a ghost or a spirit, that's disrespectful. It just is, and if you're dealing with a demon. My goodness, that's even stupid. Mm-hmm. Because either way, it's just unnecessary. Anyway, but I'm not going to get on a soapbox. In this video, he says that he can hear children laughing coming uh, coming from the woods right there where he's at. He's got the spirit box. It picks up words such as hate, erase, get out. And then, even more eerie, need your soul. Um. Yeah, that would do it for me. <laughs> Don't have to ask me twice. Phil then spots a shadow figure standing in some nearby trees, and he kind of freaks out. Because then he hears this uh, terrifying growl. And he's like, I saw an effing man out there. Who was that? I'm a little, you know, a bit shaken right now, to be honest with you. And he says, is something evil here? What was that growl? This is something not very nice around here asking for my soul. Something is ma- is mocking me around here. So people have questioned the authenticity of the video, whether it's fake, uh, whether it was put on because it's kind of like a Blair Witch style video. Mm-hmm. But Phil swears that it is 100% true. He said, I literally struggle to find the words to describe what I witnessed during the investigation. I will be left with that image that I will never forget. I feel I was making contact with multiple spirits, either of children or of a male. I can't help but to think that I was dealing with an evil presence, which ultimately told me to get out. So all I can say is there's lots of credible witnesses over the years who were genuinely scared of stuff that happened on this road. Also, several were witnessed by multiple people at the same time. If you yeah. notice, right. every story we talked about tonight was at mm-hmm. least two people who saw the same thing. Yeah. So that just makes it a little more credible. It, you know, makes it hard not to believe that something's going uh, on. Yeah, definitely. Something's going on over there. Everybody can't be making all that stuff up, I guess. Yeah, so that's kind of my thought. Oh. And that Good is- thing that's far away and we'll never have to go there because I know you, you'd want to go there. <laughs> Like today when we try to go to Gates of Hell Cemetery and you wouldn't go? Yeah. No. Never. <laughs> You're crazy. So anyways, um, we finally got the Philadelphia show set up. Good. October 12th. It's at uh, Rittenhouse Square, which is like everybody's telling me. Dina is super excited about the location and she knows Philly backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. But everybody's telling me this is like one of the most prestigious parts of Philly. Oh, good. It's surrounded by all kinds of awesome restaurants and um, nightlife. So we're going to do the show and then head out for a little bit. And if somebody wants to come hang with us, they can. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'm excited. So there we go. We got New York the night before and Philly on the next day. I know. Should be an eventful week. Ooh. And I noticed that 
this was completely by accident, but we will be in New York. And of course, I'm not going to New York without seeing the Dakota building and visiting Strawberry Fields and Central Park and mm-hmm. seeing the Imagine um, monument set up for John Lennon. And we will going to be there on John Lennon's birthday. Yeah, that's cool amazing. That? I know you're people, excited. People come from all over the world on his birthday to mm-hmm. do that. So there's no telling us how many people we'll run into doing the same thing. And yeah. I'm super excited about that. No, I know you are, babe. With that being said, we've got uh, a couple other quick shows coming up. Atchison, uh, the Sally House show, has only got 10 tickets left. So if you want to grab that, grab them before they uh, sell out. And then also all the other stuff. I, I need to mention this because I really haven't mentioned this. We have discount tickets uh, for a bunch of events there. Go to our website at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Go to the events page. And where you, where that Atchison show is, you'll see links to all the other tickets down there. Haunted Trolley Rides, uh, Cemetery Walk, Sally House Tours, uh, Sally House Investigation. All that stuff is there. So if you uh, want to do those things, there you go. You do not have to come to the live show in order to come do the other stuff. So if you live in the area and you don't want to come to the show or the show sells out, come do the other stuff with mm-hmm. us. We're going to do that stuff all weekend. Yeah. Also. Not possessed. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably. Also, the um, hotel, Holiday Inn Express in Atchison has blocked out rooms for the 9th and the 10th. I think that's the date. It's whatever that Friday and Saturday is. $119 discount. If you, But you have to call them and tell them you're there in town for the Hillbilly Horror Story show. Okay. And they will uh, give you that, that price. And if you want a suite, it's $5 more. They'll upgrade you. But that's a discount on the hotel. You don't have to stay there. That's where a lot of people will be staying, but that is a discount. And we, I don't think I've mentioned that yet. So Cool. There you go. Bless, we're right at a month now. I know. That's now. wild. And then we've got our anniversary show right after our birthday show mm-hmm. with Tony Bruschi from Grave Talks and uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. He'll be in town. It's going to be fun. we got a special guest we haven't told anybody about. Not even that guest. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be really cool. So, there you go. Tracy, would you like to tell us um, our Patreons and iTunes reviews for this week? I will. I will. We had lots of them. Thank you all. Um, on our iTunes, we had Brian Hatton. Ripton R.S., Charles Ramsey, uh, Debbie Deal, Kimmy Smith, 2011, It's All Gone Terribly Wrong Podcast, Jay Suck, 1983, <laughs> I'm Listener, Carmela Gage, and Danny Fair. Thank you guys for your very, very nice reviews. It was really means a lot to us. Our Patreons, it's it's all gone terribly wrong podcast. Thank you guys. Cecilia Landwehr, thank you, doll. Tamara Rubo, thank you, sweetheart. And Brandon Allegreen, thank you, doll. We appreciate y'all so much. Now, we're going to close the show with uh, Amanda's take. So, um, there are some vulgarities because she just can't help herself. Potty mouth. But that's why I love her. And that's why I think a lot of you actually like her, too. She has zero filter. Mm-hmm. So now would be the time that if you have young ears or if you uh, don't like um, some vulgarity, as Ninja apparently doesn't, then uh, you can go ahead and shut the show off now. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. But uh, if not, stay tuned and listen to uh, Amanda's take. Hey, guys, we're back with another installment. Of Amanda's take. You guys uh, seem to really enjoy that. We get lots of compliments. Amanda, are you surprised at how many people like the segment? You know, a little bit. 
I'm a smidgey surprised, just a smidger, a little bit. <laughs> so, a little bit. This story tonight is going to lead to another story that you have to tell. But let me just start with reading this story. It says, and this one really is not paranormal related, but it is kind of no. weird. <laughs> it's good. So, the title is Man Who Threw Meth-Fueled Death Party for His Wife is Charged with Murder. What could go wrong there? So, a man who allegedly threw his ailing wife a meth-fueled death party before she died has been charged with murder, the Mankato Free Press reported. Dwayne Arden Johnson, 58, of Searles, Minnesota, was initially charged with criminal neglect and receiving stolen property after his wife's death in January. On Monday, prosecutors added a charge of third-degree murder for providing drugs that caused a fatal overdose. On January 24th, officers were called to the home of Dwayne and Deborah Johnson and found the words, Death Party, God Hell, spray-painted on the front door. Deputy said that Johnson ran out of the home naked and said his wife had died, and then he went back inside to take a bath. Deputies entered the home and found Deborah Johnson's body wrapped in a sheet at the top of the stairs, authorities said. They also found four rifles, two shotguns, and hundreds of rounds of ammunition for various varieties that were allegedly stolen. According to the Mankato Free Press, Dwayne had checked his wife out of a nursing home because she wanted to die at home. He told investigators that she stopped taking her medications and that they had spent her final hours using methamphetamine, having sex, and listening to heavy metal music. <laughs> Dwayne said his wife began having convulsions, but wouldn't let him call the police. When she died, Johnson said he washed her body and wrapped her in linen, then waited several hours to call 911. Officers later determined that Deborah died of methamphetamine toxicity. Johnson is now charged with murder and felony accounts and theft and receiving stolen property. If convicted, he faces 25 years in prison. Amanda, what is your take on that story? That is like true love. <laughs> if I'm going to go out, please escape me from a nursing home. You know what? We'll talk about meth in a minute. But let's do some meth. Let's do some heroin. Let's do some crack. And let's fuck everywhere. Because why not? <laughs> but I will tell you with it. So the rounds of ammunition gets me every time. I think it's an ammunition. Ammunition. There we go. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what his plans were there, but I think it's fabulous. Like, was he was he gonna shoot up and rob a store after she died? There's so many un unanswered questions. I looked him up. You know, I was wondering like where he was in prison, so I was thinking about writing him. Have you ever seen Bat Boy? <laughs> no, I haven't. You've never seen Bat Boy. This mother trucker looks like. Bat Boy, like if Bat Boy aged, this would be this man <laughs> with his little wife wrapped in linen on the top of the stairs. Like, why did he like he took a bath? Was he banging? Was he, was he having inter intercourse with the dead body? There's so many questions there. Why would you need to bathe? You know, it's probably itchy from the mess. That's probably why. But they were listening to heavy metal music. Like, could you imagine busting into that scene? There's like a naked, crazy Bat Boy man <laughs> running around, a dead person at the top of the steps, heavy music going on. There's guns and ammo and shit going on. He's fucking going mental. He's crazy. Good for him, because that I need that in my life. I need to have someone wrap me up in a sheet after I day. Please play Lady Gaga. I prefer Lady Gaga if we're going to do it, but please, 
let's do that. He loved her that much that he escaped her. He he, he totally kidnapped her from the nursing home. Because if you looked at him, there was no way no one was letting him go home with her. No way. Because you've seen him, right? You saw his photo? <laughs> yes. Okay, right. So Bat Boy, Batman, he, that's what he grew up into. He did a bunch of meth with her. I mean, like, let me tell you about, can I, can I tell, can, we, can I, can I just jump into that? Absolutely. The meth? Okay, <clears throat> so when I was a younger individual, stupid, I had this body image issue, which I still kind of have to this day, but I, I also, so I was obsessed with diet pills. And I had this friend who, uh, dad used to go to China and sell stuff, and I never asked what it was, but whatever. She's like, I can get you diet pills from China. I said, oh, great, okay. It was all in Chinese, so I didn't know what it was. And I started doing them. And I'm doing them three times a day. I'm losing so much weight, man. You could see my collarbones. It was freaking gross. Like, I was gross. My hair was spinning out. I was I was up all night. And you know why, Jerry? Because I was doing math. That's why, <laughs> by mistake. I was pretty much doing math. I was sleeping, like, one or two hours a night. Like, didn't think anything of it. I was drinking coffee. I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, I don't really need to work out that much. This is awesome. And I was also, like, drinking on top of it. So, like. My, I'm shocked I'm alive, to be totally honest with you. Uh, <laughs> but I was doing them for a long time, for like almost a year. And so when I stopped doing them, my life was a little messy, but it was fine. And the diet pills, I don't even know what they were called. I don't even know how I found out they, they were mess, but I definitely did. Um, I've actually been drinking tonight a little bit, so this is I'm trying to keep it good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway... Please, you know what? That's going to be a pact I make with my husband. Babe, can you please break me out of a nursing home? Because I know that's where I'm going to end up. Please just break me out of there. I don't even know. Let's watch some torso porn. Let's have after it. Let's do it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Torso porn. You know what torso porn is. Let's get real. I only know because you told me what it was. Yeah, and if you, you should I say what it is? I mean, what is this going on? Patreon or it's going on the Well, at this point, it doesn't matter. You've already used every language. I didn't use every language, and I told you about my story about how I ordered that Supreme special number, right, from Taco Bell? Yes. Let's do this. Talk. <laughs> tell about. Let's talk about the the Taco Bell order first of all. Oh, the cunt wrap Supreme. Yeah, and that's what you said when you went the to cunt the cunt wrap Supreme. I did. I said it by accident. I was on the phone with my husband. This is what you understand. If you know my husband's relationship with me, you would know that we just talk to each other like. Animals. So I don't know. We were just talking and I was like, yeah, whatever. I had just bought a car, actually. Congratulations to me. Woo! Just bought a car. So I was all revved up. I was all amped up on adrenaline because I just bought a car. And so I go to Taco Bell because I'm sweating. It's hot. And I'm like, can I get a cunt wrap supreme? Because I'm always telling Joe, husband, and the kid was like, what? I don't think he even knew what I said at first. I really hope he didn't, but he probably did. Because he was like, what? I'm like, I'll have the number six, please. And I said, Cunt Rap Supreme. So now my husband calls me the Cunt Rap Supreme. <laughs> well, look, it's a Cunt Rap Supreme. So I call it a Cunt Rap Supreme, and I said it. I said it. See, this is why someone would escape me from a nursing home and do drugs with me, because I would order Cunt Rap Supremes and all kinds of stuff. You know, it's in the moment. If you're sitting in the car with me, it's in the moment. Cunt Rap Supreme with, can I have a, you know, a chalupa, but I don't call it a chalupa. I call it a chalapa. I don't... And like Chipotle, I call it Chipotle. No one knows what I'm talking about ever. I have my own language. And I got a Chipotle. My kids are in the car and they're like, Mac, can we go to McDonald's? I said, yeah, we can go to McDonald's. And I say it all funny and I'll order stuff. And I, I need to stop doing it. It's like a really bad habit. I've done it since I was a little kid. So I ordered a Cunt Rap Supreme. I've definitely done that. My kids weren't in the car for the Cunt Rap Supreme, but that's good. That's a good thing. But 
I said that. I did that. And then I'm test driving my car. I tell the, the frigging car salesman, I said, buckle up. They call me Crash for a reason. I've totaled like three cars, all right? <laughs> so I'm like, buckle up. And he's like, what? I'm like, buckle up. He's like, oh. I so I take this wicked wide turn. Wicked, wicked wide turn. And he, you hear him slide on the back of the leather. I said, are you buckling up? He said, yep. And you hear it click in the back. I said, all right. You're going to watch it with me. So I buy this car. It's great. Wonderful. Route 44 Toyota. You're in that area. Go buy a car from Derek. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's nice. <laughs> and uh, we went there, and I bought my car. And I didn't order anything with him in the car. I wanted to. Desperately needed a coffee. But I didn't do that. And so anyway, I, uh, I ordered the Count Rap's game. I'm in the, I'm in the uh, parking lot, and I'm texting you. I text you random stuff all the time. Of course you do. Did you see the Tweety Bird thing I sent I you? I did. I did. Did you laugh? I did. I did laugh. What you did. So, it was funny. So what, what was the story we were originally going to tell before we got on this one? Oh, we were talking about the crack addict. Oh, you, with the right, you, so, were, but anyway. you were going to tell me about torso porn. Oh, torso porn, ladies and gentlemen. If you have children in the air, in the area or like in your car, turn it off. Just make them leave the room, air muff them. I don't know. Do something. But torso porn is this, my friends. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's gross. You're going to watch it once and not be able to look away. So it's an individual that doesn't have arms or legs. And there's a person that does have arms and legs and they're fucking. It's what they're doing. And, you know, she's getting banged or he's getting whatever, whoever's the receiver of it. And um, they uh, they do their thing. And you know what the awkward part about that whole video is? Is when they finish and it's all over them. They can't they can't clean it off because they have no arms stop. or legs. Just, just stop. I should have probably I should have probably not even visited that. Okay. You well, what? I should have, we probably shouldn't even have visited that situation. <laughs> because <laughs> Okay. What, but, well what? you said what is it? I I, I, I know, I, and as soon as I did, I wished I hadn't have so Well, <laughs> Amanda, it was a fun little segment again this week, and, and we'll have you on again soon. We've got several other stories that we've already looked into. Which ones? We got any good ones? Well, I don't know which one we're going to do next, but they're all good. We might can do, we the- do the alien? Wait, can we yeah. do the one with the invasion? <laughs> like, everyone's going to die. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably do the alien one next. It's so good. I'm getting an alien tattooed, I tell you that. No, you didn't. I'm getting one right on my wrist. <laughs> it's fun. It's, I have a go. I have a- what? Yes, did I show you my ghost tattoo? Oh no, I don't think you did. That's pretty cool. It hurt really bad, but I got I got it done. <laughs> it's right. really painful. All right, say goodbye, Amanda. Oh God! Oh, I was still recording that whole time. Goodbye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Tony Bruski from the podcast Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks. Cannot wait for August twenty fourth. To be with Hillbilly Horror Stories for their birthday live show at Columbia Steakhouse in Lexington, Kentucky. Tickets are only $15. You can get them through hillbillyhorrorstories.com. It's going to be a fun night as we hang out, do an episode of Hillbilly Horror Stories Live, talk ghosts, talk the undead. Maybe we'll even witness the ghost of a cow. It's a steakhouse after all. You hear those mysterious moves. You got to wonder... Are they back with blue cheese and mushrooms and onions on top? Delicious ghosts. Anyway, we'll see you there. 
Saturday night, August 24th, Columbia Steakhouse, Lexington, Kentucky. Real ghost stories online, the Grave Talks, and Hillbilly Horror Stories for their birthday show. Get your tickets now at hillbillyhorrorstories.com.